we're back for another edition of Moose of the Blue Line. Uh, we've got no Leo Stodderher today, so we're on the penalty kill. Um, it's the week between Christmas and New Year's Eve, so for us in the uh, radio, and I'll just extend it to media industry, uh, it can be hard to find uh, days off. This is my only one of the week. Leo was kind of screwed out of that, so he's uh, sitting at the score right now. So it's just me and Mr. Dane Dreyfus here. Um, oh, I had a good one. Um, oh, Dane Dreyfus, our director of infant scouting Aww. with us today. Also known as Uncle Dane. Congratulations to Ronnie. Uh, just had her baby, so that's big. Uh, new addition to the Dreyfus family. Yes. A- Ainsley Elizabeth Benware. She is she is gorgeous. She, uh, she burps just like Joey, even though there's no relation to Joey whatsoever. But also... Um, just uh we got we got a happy little family and first grandchild for Dave and Leslie so and I'm not going to be giving them any anytime soon yeah god uh, let's hope not <laughs> yeah like and I know I made a joke last last pod about uh Leo potentially having kids and uh I'm sure that went over well with his parents <laughs> but <laughs> his dad his dad is 3 months behind on episodes he'll hear that in March and he'll be like Leo what's this <laughs> yeah hey yo um I, but you said Leo's working at the score. He told me that he was off uh, investigating, trying to find and bring down anyone that makes edits of Macklin Celebrini in a Blackhawks uniform. <laughs> so, he's pulling double duty tonight. Yeah, he's after Mikey <laughs> Fernelli for <laughs> saying creamy for Celebrini. <laughs> well, it's looking like the Hawks are, I mean, probably still going to be in contention. But uh, a couple of games we're going to talk about really quick. Uh, preface, this is going to be an episode heavy on the ongoing World Junior Championship going on in Sweden right now. Uh, Dane is big. He's going to tell you all you need to know. But before we get into that, wanted to hit a couple quick Hawks topics. We had a couple of pinnacle games. Dane, we were talking before the show. I can't remember what word you used to describe, but I liked it. Um, poignant. Did, poignant. Thank you. A couple of poignant games for the Blackhawks. Uh, the 7-5 loss to the Blues a couple nights ago, and then last night uh, when we're recording this two nights ago when you're hearing it, uh, the 2-1 to overtime win against my Jetties. Um, so do we want to start with the Blues game? Because that's, well, let's go low to high here. Yeah, let's uh, let's trauma dump. Because yeah. let's, well, let's, let's have a players-only meeting here. Yeah. And I am, I was a big proponent for having Arvid Soderblom however you say his name, played the full season in the NHL. And I think we found out the very, very difficult way. He is not an NHL goaltender. And it's it's tough it, because he's had flashes this year where you where you watch him play. Has he? And there, there have been a couple games like last season and then this season where he'll make some really nice saves. And when we were talking about him earlier in the season, he is the kind of goalie who has the ability to make those really athletic saves, but he doesn't make it look easy, you know? Yeah. He's a guy who looks like he's making it harder for himself than it is on a good night, but in this game against the Blues, the defense wasn't ticking. So I don't think we can put it all on Arvid. The defense was not great. However, what, four goals that should have been saves? Like, there would have been saves at the ECHL level. Any Anytime your team scores five, that and you lose. You should win. That's on your goalie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, RV, not a good game. And the the final goal was inexcusable. And just the reaction from the goal scorer, Justin Falk, was enough to – enough gave – a, gave a thousand words for just 
how brutal of a goal it was and just what a backbreaker was. And I, I got concerned too. And Bedard broke his stick across the post at the end of the game. Like you just don't want to see your young stars that frustrated. And, and uh, this team is a work in progress, but that was a game against a rival that they had no business losing. It's, it's a game too, where you watch it. And I, I when the Hawks were up five, two, you could kind of tell, like I almost put money against the Hawks because it's like you're watching the game and you can feel something's not quite right. And in this case, it was Soderbaum. It just, something wasn't quite clicking. And no matter what the Hawks did, it always felt like the ice was slanted against them. No, and I don't even think it was... I actually think the Blackhawks outplayed the Blues for about 50 minutes of that game. Oh, yeah, but it it, it was but, like the the impending sense of doom. But And it was because, too, that first goal that Soderblom gave up from Colton Pareko, he was just completely out of position in the net. And li- like you said, like four of those goals shouldn't have gone in. And the Blackhawks, I felt, had absolutely demoralized the Blues. Like that Nick Foligno shorthanded goal... I could have played better defense than Jordan Cairo. And what makes the loss for the Hawks sting even more is that jo- Jordan Cairo kind of fulfilled like a redemption arc within a game over for his season and kind of like kickstarted something for the Blues where their roster, I like their roster construction. I like their talent. I like their prospect pool. Um, and aside from Jordan Binning, there's a couple rotten things with the team, but most teams that have won a cup in the past five years, you're going to have some issues with your roster construction because you you overcorrect or you you don't address a problem that you're like, oh, we won a cup. We don't need to fix this. But um, that game was not one we should have lost, and it tainted what is going to be an all-time Connor Bedard highlight with that Michigan goal that was then followed up by Zegras. Um, and, but I feel like this season especially – it's not going to be we're not going to watch that highlight in 5 years of Bedard scoring the Speak Michigan. For yourself, buddy. And okay, well you're a sicko, but I'm not going to watch that highlight and I'm pretty sure a lot of fans are not going to watch that highlight and be like, "Well, yeah, that was sweet, but the Hawks blew a 5-2 lead." Like it's it this is the, the in this season, losses like that, well it's never fun to watch and it's never good for the team. It's expected. Any team but the Blues, man. I like, and I and I hear you. I hear you wholeheartedly on that. But it's it, the team is not good. We've been saying it all year. It's it's going to be a tough year, and so I I don't I don't like the excuse of like even bad team bad teams win games. That game was five to two with ten minutes left. In was it five one? No, it was it was four one four two five two. It was five two with. 10 minutes left in the game and they blew it in regulation and they lost seven to five. Yeah. Um, and the worst part about it was like, man, this Nick Foligno players only, <laughs> it's going to be brutal. Nick Foligno is going to be chewing these guys out in the locker room. I, I also didn't like the lineup switching where Bedard was back with Kershev and Foligno. And then people were like, Oh, like Foligno scored all of his, goals on special teams like he scored a power play goal and he scored a shorthanded goal so the even strength production just wasn't there um it doesn't matter who you put bedard with he's gonna produce he's a ridiculous talent and him and kurashev are basically a lock going forward pretty much and i think i think i don't mind rotating reichel and felino or like Donato, I don't know. Everyone should get their turn with Bedard just to <laughs> yeah. save their career a little he's bit. Like, he's like the, the most sought-after toy in the preschool. Like yeah. every kid gets his five minutes with Bedard. Hmm. Yeah. 
he um he is one of the most special players I think I've seen in a long time. And if we're talking about Connor Bedard, let's move on to last night's contest, the 2-1 overtime victory against the Winnipeg Jets. Two major highlights from this. Connor Bedard carried the team offensively, beat Connor Hellebuck twice, uh, once in overtime. And the other one was Peter Mrazek. Thank you. Beating Connor Hellebuck in a goaltender's duel, a 1-1 game going into overtime, where the Hawks got outshot by, what was it, 12? It was 34-23 final shots? It was a lot. I... And the Hawks, the Hawks started out this game. I, I, I texted the moves of the Blue Line group chat. I think it was seven nothing. The shots, it was like ten minutes into the first. Yes. The Hawks had the Hawks took twelve minutes to register a shot on Connor Hellebuck, and they end up winning the game. That what what a complete one eighty from what we saw against the Blues. I think you're starting to see the. Uh, what Leo has called the doldrums of the season, and for a particularly young and banged up lineup, it's getting tough to compete even even in in home games. But Bedard, his compete, it, I I think that's the difference with him and some of these stars is you, you kind of you'll catch him lollygagging, and I, I think um, the only two first overall picks this early in their career that were comparable to Bedard are Matthews and McDavid McKinnon had a great rookie season then floundered a bit for his second and third but Matthews didn't really find his uh defensive game until his fourth year and McDavid never was really particularly an offensive or that (laughs) that was almost a freezing cold take (laughs) but he was never a particularly gifted defensive guy he was a little bit more physical than people gave him credit for but Bedard like his board battles and corner work um, his defensive game needs work, but his board battles and corner work, I'm not afraid for him to go up against some of these six foot five defensemen. And the way that he's come onto the scene with such electricity reminds you a lot of like you have to go back to like maybe Sid for somebody who can like be that much of a difference maker right away. Yeah. Like the way it's it's really special. And we I don't think since at least since Matthews, we haven't seen a first overall pick make this kind of immediate impact. You know, it, it's weird. So my thing is with, I, I think that's correct because McDavid, Matthews, and Bedard all have differentiators. For McDavid, it's a speed, without question. And McDavid's not even the fastest skater in the NHL. He's the fastest skater in the NHL with the puck. It's a completely different. His thing. it's his applicable speed. His, uh, yes, like he, he. There are guys who can skate laps faster than him, but nobody can move faster than him, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and laterally too. Yeah, um, Matthews, it's his shot, and you're gonna be. Like, but Dane, it's Bedard shot. It's like it's not his shot. It's his release. It is so deceptive. The 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 overtime winner. Where he hit the little toey and then went glove side. Like, if you watch, I, I don't know if you saw the replay where they showed him, like, it was behind Hellebuck coming down. You watch, you, I watched the goal live happen from the TV angle. They showed the replay. I didn't know where the puck was going off his stick. Like, it is, it, it, the way that he shoots the puck is so special and it's so different. I'm going to do a cardinal sin right now. Oh, no. I'm going to compare him to a different athlete in a in, in a different sport. Oh God, 
It's like Steph Curry, man. He can shoot it from not only anywhere in the rink, but off of his stick, and he is a threat to score at any point in the game. And I, I, I'm not going to compare anything else because they're different stages of their career too. He's he's going to change the game, and I just don't know if there's going to be a player that comes around like him because he doesn't have the size like McDavid or Matthews does. But like the way he's he the way he ex, like experiences the game and the way he sees the ice, his vision is also another differentiator. This kid is going to be special for a long time. And his post game interview too, saying that Chicago feels like home. It's like if, if that contract <laughs> yeah. isn't being typed up the second he said that, and obviously he can't be extended until after next year. But and. Ultimately, like we we can go on about this for days. Obviously, Connor Bedard is an incredible hockey player, right? Like we know this. We know he's going to be a great Blackhawk for years and years and years. The question I had coming out of this game is, what is the future of Peter Morazic in the NHL if not with the Blackhawks? Like, because he has, and I know health is a huge concern for him. But he's had a little bit of a renaissance this year. Like, on a bad team that has been... I mean, their defense has been riddled with holes, and even a fully healthy defense has its major issues. He's been decent. So here's the thing with Peter Morazic, and this actually, I, I forgot to bring this point up when we were talking about Soderblom. Soderblom, or, sorry, Morazic, seems to be the goal, the type of goalie that does better with more activity, more shots on net, where he gets to use his athleticism and get involved in the game. Um, Soderblom is not that. And I'm just going to go off on a limb here and say Soderblom isn't a good goalie, period. But he can succeed in a system that supports low like low potential shots. Mrazek is, is making some unbelievable saves and getting to use his athleticism to where... I think with low expectations, and he's obviously overperforming, he's not the goalie you want to give the reins to on a team that's contending. So I'm fine to roll with Mrazek. Maybe I think he's under contract for one more season. I think you let him play out his deal. If he plays great again, I'm not giving him a bag. If he wants to take a team-friendly deal again because he feels comfortable playing here, I'm good with rolling with him as the starter. But with the draft capital we've invested in goalies and we have a lot of young goalies one we'll get to in a little bit absolutely you're gonna you're gonna find a different outlet for your starter when you're contending but i think he could be the transition guy look which we didn't think that was the case so it's changed and one last thing from the hawks because i do want to move on to the world jays here pretty quickly um Another guy. Talked about him all year. We're going to keep talking about him. Uh, Lucas Reichel was on, uh, on the, in the Winnipeg ga- game, he was on the line with Reese Johnson and Mackenzie Entwistle. Um, he looked okay, had a couple shots on. Uh, but, man, they just don't know what to do with this kid. Like the, the <laughs> They just don't they, – they truly – I don't think he's had a line mate for more than five games in a row this season. At a certain point, like I don't want to send him back down to the A, but I feel like they're running out of options where 
I just can't believe this kid isn't a staple in your top six. And I don't know what the locker room is like, where if he's taking shots from the veterans, where maybe it could be a personality issue. I just, I don't know. I'm not going to. And it does, I, I can see how it would suck to be Lucas Reichel if you've got big badass Nick Felino calling all these players only meetings that we all have to hear about and him and Jason Dickinson going in the media and talking about how the young guys are aren't playing up to snuff and they don't have the fight and you know that they're not talking about Connor right these guys are not going into the media and bashing the guy who's leading the team in points it's falling on you it's falling on Corch. It's, it's falling on Vlasic these other young no, guys and, on no it's squ- not the defenseman because I, Murphy's I, not saying shit <laughs> so like yeah who who are the other young forwards if Reichel and who there's it's Reichel and Bedard that's it and Bedard's fine and, and Bedard's not taking the heat so when they go out when your veterans, who you came in to usher these young guys into the league, come out here and they're like, yeah, our young guys just need to play harder. Who are they talking about? They're not talking yeah. about the guy who just scored two goals winning the game. If, you know, let me get on my soapbox here real quick about uh, Jason Dickinson because he's had a great season. Dude, that got his career high in goals right. at 11. Well, yeah. So let me, let, let, me, let me take my shot at him real quick. Bitch, you were a first round pick. That took like five years to be a consistent NHLer. You would have been out of the league if the Blackhawks didn't pick up your bullshit deal from Vancouver. And you're taking shots at this kid because you scored 11 goals because you find yourself open in the slot and 5-2 losses. Kick rocks, buddy. Like, congrats on your alternate cap. Oh, that was hot. You're good. You're good. I got I got headphones. Yeah, Dane, Dane got headphones, so now he can hear himself. So expect some better audio quality from Dane. Thank you. Thank you. But... <laughs> Back to ripping on Jason Dickinson. Enjoy your A while it lasts, because you're out of here, buddy. Like, and it, like, why did and I, I, Richardson? It seemed rewarded him for like being grumpy in his comments. And I, I'm and there's there is a distinct difference, and I think this is really important between expecting of these young guys, right? Like, you're allowed to expect these guys to develop, expect them to contribute. That's why you were brought in to make sure that they're on the right path. But there's a difference between going up to Lucas Reichel and being like, hey, you're, you obviously have a problem right now. I don't, I don't care if he is like, if he chews him out, if he MFs him in front of the whole locker room. But as soon as you go in front of a camera and you say, this young guy's not playing harder, this guy, guy's not playing hard enough, this guy's not trying hard enough, he's not, his compete's not there, his skill isn't there. As soon as you do that to him in the media, that's when, I take issue with it, and I think a lot of people take issue with it inside the locker room. You know, and he's um, he looks like a completely different player than tor- than he was last at the end of last season. Last season, he looked confident. He looked he looked like he could be like a franchise cornerstone. And this is the argument I made at the beginning of the year: is, Why are you playing him at center? He's not a center; he's a winger. Play him with your top end forwards because that's what we did last year, and he succeeded, and he looked good, and he looked like part of the program. And the second you're like, uh, you got to earn your stripes as a center, and guess what? You get to play with um, a couple of dick all forwards that you're never going to see again after this season. I have a bad feel. Like I think you guys said that you don't didn't really see Reichel as a part of the Blackhawks' future. I have a bad feeling you're going to be right, and I think this is a scenario where I think if he goes to the right place, like a Buffalo where he plays with former World Junior teammate uh, JJ Paterka, or to Ottawa, like where we banished Alex DeBrincat and plays with another World Junior teammate Timmy Stutzla, like we might be eating our. And words. I don't even think he needs like 
a Timmy Stutes to play with or like a Tage Thompson. I just think he needs a guy who's going to get off his dick in the media. Like that's for me, for me, that's unacceptable. The kid's 19 years old, 20 years old. 21. Oh, he's, he's older, but still 21 years old. And you've got this guy riding you. In public, I'll, I'll I'll get off it because we got. You're, you're not contending it, for anything, too. It's like what? It, what is what is the good of that? What comes out of that? Go get traded to another team, Nick. I'm uh, I'm fed up, honestly. Yeah, it's I don't know that the veterans. I appreciate what the front office was trying to do, but I think the veterans brought in this year have not panned out for the jobs that they were meant to do. Like you think of the guys who who got brought. Felino has no business being on a rebuilding team. If you want, go win, buddy. Yeah, Felino's got no business being here. Corey Perry had couldn't control himself off the ice. Taylor Hall, I feel for him, but the guy just can't stay healthy. That, that, yeah, that one. and that's that's different, but it's it, it's a different situation, but it's means to an end, right? It's all the but same. But also, end. he is pers- or consistently through his career had injury problems. Yeah, so it's Davidson. This offseason, figure it out, buddy. Oh, that's enough, Hawks. You got me riled up. I wasn't expecting to get riled up. I didn't expect to get you riled up. All right, but anyway, we're moving on. We've got one of the most fun things we don't get to see uh, because the NHL hates to give us anything fun. We don't get to see a whole lot of best-on-best competition in the hockey world. This is the closest we get. The World Junior Championships, the I double IHF, uh, here we have the 2024 championships. They are in uh, Gothenburg, Sweden this year. And so um, it's just a collection of the best players from each of the Group A countries under uh, under 20 years old uh, competing in a, in a pretty fun-to-watch tournament. It's been hard to watch the games this year because uh, the tournament is in Sweden. Uh, so, you know, the games are... Pretty early in the day, a lot of people are working, but for the most part, we've been able to see some good action, and there are a couple different ways we can go here. Dane is the expert when it comes to players under the age of 18 years old, (laughs) Um, so I'm going to defer to him for a lot of this. A couple of games played here. Um, I'm trying to think. Should we start? Let's start start, um, going by country. and we'll start with the home squad here, the good kids from the U.S. of A., the good guys. Um, they came into this for the first time, it seems like, in a pretty long while, having expectations of winning the tournament. Um, and they have not disappointed so far. Well, okay, so let me let me lead off with this. You don't have Russia in this tournament because of of political reasons, and I, I don't have an opinion on that. But wait, wait to ride the line, buddy. <laughs> thank, thank you. But the uh, the boys boys in blue are in group. actually. I, I will take a stance on that. Let's get the Russians out of Ukraine. There you go. I'll 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 match. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I will say, let's get the two of us into little Ukraine, and let's get after up it. on the, up on the northwest side because there are a couple good bars there. Um. USA is in Group B, which features Slovakia, Czechia, Norway, and Switzerland. I don't know if you could make a weaker group. Actually, you could. You could move Slovakia out for Latvia and move them to Group B. So, like, um, 
So just to clarify, in case people don't know, because this is a, you know, the World Juniors is kind of like a ho- hockey hardo thing to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. You've got 10 teams every year. It's the best 10 teams. You can kind of get relegated and promoted. No, there's no kind of. You can get relegated. Yeah. And so right now the 10 teams are, Dane listed the ones, uh, it's kind of like how Olympic sports sports work with the groups um, in the U.S.'s group. It's all red, white, and blue flags as I'm looking at it, which is pretty fun, except for Switzerland is just go. red and white. But we've got Czechia, U.S., Slovakia, Switzerland, Norway. In the other group, it's, Jesus, a powerhouse of Canada, Sweden, Finland, Germany, and then poor Latvia. Haven't scored a goal yet. They've played two games. Poor guys. Talking about relegation. Uh, yep. Have, have fun in... Uh, you better learn... Latvian <laughs> um, or I wonder I wonder I don't know who the next tier is who's going to get moved up but uh, probably Denmark I think they got relegated last year um, but yeah USA's got a great team they are the favorites going into the tournament a lot of Blackhawks players that are featured on that USA team you've got this year's second first round pick uh, Oliver Moore who I did get to meet this offseason very great very cool guy. Got to speak to him for like 30 seconds. Um, then they also have a second round pick from two years ago. They've got Gavin Hayes, who is currently at Boston University. Or, no, wait. His his club right now, he's playing for the Flint Firebirds. No, it's the Flint Firebirds. That I'm thinking of Ryan Green. He's playing for the Flint Firebirds. Got great stats there. Could Looks like he could be like a top nine forward, potentially a good goal scorer for the Blackhawks eventually. Then you also have um, Kyle Davis. Oh, sorry. I blanked for a second. I know it's Sam Rinzel. I'm trying to... He wasn't a Bowman pick, though, was he? Rinzel? Was he two years ago or three? No, 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 no. He was two. For sure, two. I think it was... I'm. We've, we had three first-round picks. It wasn't last year, though. We didn't see Rinzel get drafted last year because I was at the draft. So it was it was twenty twenty two. Was Davidson already the GM? He was. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. Okay. Sam Renzel, because okay. Yeah. Because we went Corch, uh, Nazar, who's also on the USA team, and then Sam Renzel. So we sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is gonna take some getting used to, but we have four Blackhawks players just on Team USA. Or is it three? I sound really terrible for being the expert. four. For Rinzel, Hayes, Moore, and Nazar. You got them all. Okay. Um, so mainly Americans. We don't have any Canadian players because the only two eligible players uh, that realistically could have made the team, Connor Bedard, he's not going, uh, and Korchinski, who honestly, if the Blackhawks had more bodies, I would have probably sent him, but he is needed in this lineup dearly. And um, the Hawks got burned a couple years ago, if you remember, when they sent Cor- uh, Kirby Doc. Corby Doc. Corby Doc to go play uh, at the World Jays, and then he got his wrist, wrist slashed to oblivion. Yeah. So that was... Or it wasn't slashed. He ran into someone and crunched it. Yeah, like it was... In, what an odd... That was a weird injury to watch, too. Changed like, the trajectory of his career. Yeah, so it's a risk that teams take when they send guys to the World Jays, but... Because of how the Olympic structure is set up and the fact that the NHL hasn't done a World Cup of Hockey since 2016, these guys don't have unlimited opportunities to represent their country. So this is always a cool thing for them to get to do. And I was very surprised that the Bruins sent Matthew Patra, 
uh, especially as he's played probably top six, top nine role for the team. And but they thought it would be best for his development to send him. I mean, I, th- I think they have some games to give as they still find themselves in first place in the Atlantic. It blows my mind. Um, so Canada does have a little bit of an advantage with a, a player that's got some NHL experience. And on top of it, um, I, I don't mean to transition off of USA because I know no, you know, keep going, keep going. Um, but they also have what looks like this year's first overall pick, Macklin Celebrini, uh, and. Bouncing back to USA, I know I'm I'm scatterbrained, but <laughs> a potential second overall pick, Cole Iserman, not spelled like Stevie Iserman, uh, is playing for USA as well. So there's some good talent, and uh, obviously the two favorites are USA and Canada, but there's also been some shocking developments in just teams that are usually middle of the pack but have, have won in prior years. So well, let's, let's get into the World Jays, because this is – a fun thing to do. There have been some games so far. Um, the U.S. is 2-0 and so far. They beat up on Switzerland pretty bad uh, earlier today. It was 11-3. to And then their first game, they beat Norway 4-1. to uh, They've got a game tomorrow, so you'll pro- it'll probably be over when you're listening to this. But they're going to go up against Czechia and then Slovakia on New Year's Eve. Is there a reason to think that the U.S. is going to lose any of these games? It could be because of a Blackhawks prospect is the only way they lose a game uh, in the round robin, and that would be because of Adam Guyon, uh, the Blackhawks' second-round pick this year. Uh, he's the goaltender for Slovakia, who actually uh, was known for getting Slovakia to OT against Canada last year, where his future teammate, Connor Bedard, gave them the win in overtime. Uh, and he has already registered a shutout where he made a couple of dummy saves. Um, he looks great. Different pad setup this year. Last year he rocked his um, Chippewa steel, which were green pads, with his Slovakia uniform. Kind of stuck out. Kind of liked it a little bit. It, it had some. It had some character for sure. It had some drip, but they were like, "Nah, we're going year two with this kid." Uh, he's a little bit more developed, and he looks a lot more technically sound. He now plays in the USHL for the Green Bay Gamblers, where he currently leads the league in, I believe, so he leads in, he leads in wins, which is 14, and then save percentage, which is 9-11, which for juniors is actually pretty good. This is actually crazy watching Dane pull that off the dome as I have Adam Guy on stats in front of me, and it was all correct. That was, if you ever doubt Dane, that Dane knows ball, Dane knows ball for guys who are too young to play in the NHL. <laughs> I mean, he could play, it just wouldn't be pretty. And what a what a cool story for Adam Guyon, too, doing a lot of time in the Null. It's, it, it tells you how good U.S. development mental hockey has gotten, where he's not even playing in the top developmental program, and he's still like... I mean, so through two games, uh, he's 2-0, and like Dane said, recorded a shutout. He's only let in uh, two goals the entire tournament. He's got a 9.69 save percentage yeah. through two games, which, I mean, they haven't haven't gone up against the U.S., who is the juggernaut in their group, but it's, that is promising. A shutout's a shutout, and I mean, Slovakia is going to qualify for the court, like, they they have a they have a solid team too. Slovakia, I mean, they had um, the first two picks in the draft in twenty twenty one. They with Uri Slavkovsky and Simone Nemec. Like their their developmental hockey is getting better, 
And I'm, I'm actually going to push a narrative for a team in the other group, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But if the USA loses a game in round robin, it's going to be Slovakia. It's not going to be anyone else. And one more thing before we move off a of guy on, um, am I right in saying that he's playing at Minnesota Duluth next year? I mean, I think it was his elite prospects. If I it do. Says, does it say committed to Minnesota Duluth? Yeah. I was, but I hadn't heard anything about that until I looked it up right now, so I figured you were the guy to ask. Um, I would assume, like, it doesn't hurt to be committed, but when you're a European, like, you could commit and then be like, no, nah, I'm going to go play in Rockford. I'm going to go play pro. That's true. But a, a 19-year-old goaltender, it, we, we talk about a lot. Goaltending development is funky. So this kid could be ready to play in the NHL right now, or he could take five years. Oh, yeah. And I think... Um out of all the out of our pool of goaltenders, he's my favorite. <laughs> oh, you so you're that's off, my favorite. So you're off Drew Camesso. He's not having a bad year in the A, but it, it's not enough to where like I'm like we need to get Soderblom down. It's like I think Camesso could struggle on this. So no sport team too. No, no love for Jackson Stauber. I actually don't know what his stats look like. Right now, <laughs> do you want? Do you want? It, I'll, I'll let you guess. I'll look it up. I don't even know if he's in the A. He might be the starter in the E just to get him more ice. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what team he's playing for. Uh, so he's in Rockford. Okay. Uh, let's see. Has he played any? Okay. So he's been in Rockford all year. Played thirteen games. I'll let you guess his stats. Thirteen games. Give me five, seven, and one. That's 14, brother. Oh, no. You're right. That is 13. <laughs> His that, girlfriend teaches math. That's be tough okay, for guys. me. That's tough for me. Okay. So five, seven, and one. Um. So obviously that wasn't correct. Give me uh. Give me a 903 save percentage and a 312 goals against average. 341 goals against average. 890 save percentage. He's 5-6-1. So he was in one game that was uncredited, which is that's what had me confused. But yeah, you were pretty close. He has not had a great year, though. No. But also, too, with AHL goaltenders, you can kind of tell that like sometimes it's just you're playing with AHL guys and you might be NHL talented, but if you're getting getting seven to eight breakaways a game, there's not much you could do. Camaso is marginally better he's got in 15 games he's got 293 896 i mean yeah it I, you could give him some reps at that nhl just see what you kind of got there but uh oof. I, I almost I, I almost hit a steve dingle and oof maron <laughs> <laughs> like he'll be okay he'll he'll get some reps in the nhl eventually i'm, I'm pretty convinced yeah so all right so we went through the u.s um, the other, so there are three other like juggernauts in this tournament. Um, the three other big hockey countries, Canada, Sweden, Finland. But I feel like you're going to try to tell me that Germany is on the up and up. Well, Germany's on the up and up as a program, but I don't, I don't see them contending for anything more than a bronze medal in this tournament. They did beat Finland. And that's the narrative I want to push is Finland while they do produce some good prospects, it seems like it's been a minute where you're you're talking about a prospect as like a potential first overall pick. And then also, too, I'm going to push the narrative, is there a maturity problem in Finland? 
let's let's uh, remember that Dane's asking if there's a maturity problem on a team that has nobody over the age of like 20 years old. Now hear me hear me out. So I did I watched the highlights of the Finland Germany game and the goalie after like like players were breaking sticks, slamming sticks, the goalie punched the ice after like the second goal given up. They there's a composure issue there, but then I kind of look at like the the Finnish players in the NHL and I'm like Patrick Line, what was the big uh, like rap on him? Was the Fortnite? Was the he he wouldn't like pay, he doesn't really care about hockey. He was just playing Fortnite all night and not getting good rest and not treating himself like a professional athlete. Then you have Sebastian Ajo, where he was in a contract dispute with the Carolina Hurricanes. So what does he go do during the summer? He goes w- where he was contractually obligated like he was allowed to go sign an offer sheet but and where was a business savvy move and maybe people would go that's a sign of maturity i'm sure in the nhl that was probably seen as a pretty low brow like really dude move to go sign an offer sheet with another team so it's kind of funny just to see like finland kind of losing a step per se because you look at some of the players they have and another player too brad lambert Played as a 16-year-old, looked phenomenal in his uh, a couple of years ago as a 16-year-old. Was drafted 30th overall this past year. Great talent, attitude problems are why that he fell in the draft for the Jets. So it, it, it's just I, I I like to I'd like to think that this all starts from the top of the programs, and it's like these are the guys that represent your country. It's like what what are you guys? How are you coaching them? And I mean. Yes and no. Like, uh, I'm cherry picking here. Yeah, and like there are a lot of guys in on this Finnish team this year who are going to be NHLers in the next couple of years. A little um, Consta Hellenius. I cannot wait to say that. In dude, the NHL. what a name! Although, has he gotten drafted yet, or is he? No, he's draft this? eligible this year. Yeah, that's going to be. I wonder where he's going to go. I feel like he'll be what top fifteen. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's that's going to be a fun guy to watch. He no points yet, um, but yeah, they've got some good talent. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the leading scores right now, and I don't even see fin- Finland has struggled in the start. And now they did start off and they played Canada, which is no one ever wants to open a tournament against Canada, who's a wagon. They played they played Canada tough. They didn't get blown out, but losing to Germany, who doesn't have any first round talent on their team this year like they don't have a Reichel or Stutzla or Paterka and Paterka was a second rounder they don't have anyone that's like moving the needle that much but they played a gritty game and the the, the program's getting better they're producing more NHL talent um and I mean they've got someone that's in the top scorer uh Vite uh, Oswald um but in the top scorers for the tournament currently you got Macklin Celebrini who's got Two goals and four assists in two games played. And listen, like you can't look like they a lot of there's a lot of blowouts in this tournament. So you can't look at like, oh, my God, this is life changing. You have your occasional Alexi Lafreniere who scores like 27 in, in nine games. But or you have Mr. Bedard last year. I didn't want to use that. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but right now, I mean, USA, they've got a three headed monster of Gavin Brindley, a Jets prospect. who got four goals and assist. Jimmy Snuggerud, uh, four goals and an assist. He's a Blues prospect who's going to be a thorn in our side and that sucks because i love i love the way he plays but no goals five assists leading the tournament in plus minus 
little Frankie Nazar. Ooh, come on, Frank. Frank, I, I, I think one two down. Your future one two down the middle is going to be Bedard Nazar, and Nazar is going to play more of that Taves role where it's uh he'll probably be the number one penalty killing center. Uh, he'll never he'll he'll chip in some offense. I'm guessing he'll be he projects me as like a 25 goal 40 assist guy. Uh, but he's gonna be gritty. I and I, I like the pick. Like you, you traded Kirby Doc for a player that Kirby Doc wasn't and will never be. So, um, just good stuff to see there. You, uh, some other notable notable names. You got Edward Shala, first round pick for uh, the Kraken, three goals and an assist. You got Otto Stenberg, uh, Cutter Gautier. zero goals, four assists. And I mean that's two points a game, but still for uh, age twenty player, third year in the tournament, you kind of you kind of want. Some finish there, kind of some domination. Philip Bystet, uh, two goals and an assist. Like I'd rather have a player who's that age having two goals and assist than no goals and four assists. But when your team is loaded with talent, it's kind of hard when you're up five nothing. It's like, do we really need to to bury this team? And the answer is always yes. <laughs> um, so, all right. So we're moving forward. Round robin ends on. New Year's Eve. So New Year's Eve is the last round robin game. So we get to the quarters, semis, and the final. Who do we? Who do you have? I I just want to know. It's so it's I like like I know I know the answer is U.S. Canada in the final, and that, that's like that's pretty given, mm-hmm. right? But is there any way anybody else sneaks in, or is it is it pretty much I'll see you at the final, buddy? This year, I'm I'm gonna go on a limb and I'm gonna I'm gonna say Canada is the team that I think is gonna get upset. I feel like Canada is the staple in the finals. Like you don't see USA playing someone else. I think like USA Sweden could legitimately happen. I mean, US um, can roll through their entire group, and I mean Canada can too. And this is a notoriously weaker Canada team. They still have like ten first round picks. <laughs> yeah, this a, a weaker Canadian team just means weaker like it's a very relative term when you're talking about a weak canadian team like this team is probably better than any team latvia has ever iced like it's funny to say though the blackhawks and adam guy like have the best goalie in the turn adam Guyon looks like he's gonna be the best goalie in the tournament which him him and frankie nazar so far have been the biggest stories for the hawks it's so nice it's and- i i have wanted a little bit more from oliver Moore, but i mean again that's a younger guy too He'll he'll play in the tournament next year as well, hundred percent. And so that'll be because he won't. Uh, he actually might go the Potra route where he plays. He'll play some games, make the team, and then they're like, mm, "You could use the tournament still." Do you, do you think we'll see him in the the show next year? I think that's a perfect player to where f- putting him on the third or fourth line isn't bad for his development because he will be an energy guy. The, the, um, the question is. Will is he a guy who's able to take you know the tough love leadership of Nick Foligno and Jason Dickinson? Both of them will be gone. God, I fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny enough though, a goalie that's struggling right now, I believe, was the the projected first goalie from last draft, Michael Rabel for Chechia. Obviously, not. I I don't want to say not as good a team as Slovakia because I feel like those two have always been kind of synonymous just because of the proximity. Slovakia's consistently had a better hockey program, but th- um, 
Get a grip, buddy. My bad. I've been belching like my. This is this is so funny. I this has been like a, <laughs> and I I wonder if listening back to this or if you're listening right now. One, thank you. Uh, two, I wonder if you hear a difference in Dane's voice. Dane is so aware of how he sounds. This is his first episode with headphones, and he is so aware. It, it's it's so funny. Is it making for bad radio? No, 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 no. You just like, your voice has gotten very sultry and you're very, like, you're very into it. Like, <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Like you sound like you're reading me an audio book. Oh, okay. So do I need, are you coaching me right now? <laughs> no, like, no, is this, no, no, I feel like this isn't good. Like, I'm I feel like, like you. it's like, what if you, like Leo listens back, it's like, Fuck, we, we need Dane. We need Dane without the headphones. We need we need un we need unhinged Dane. No, we'll get we'll, see. We'll, we'll also once once Leo gets back and says something you disagree with, and you guys start shouting at each other, you'll forget all about the fact you're wearing headphones. Well, remember, I got concussion issues. If I get hot in my ear, I'll be like, "Owie, <laughs> ouchie, um, <laughs> gross." Um, <laughs> all right, so let's let's wrap up the Jays here. Yep. Um, so Canada US probably final Sweden may take them over. Um for Hawks fans, we talked about a lot of the players. Um is that, so if you're a Hawks fan and you want to tune into a little bit of the World Jays, is guy on your man to watch? Um yeah, I, I think he I I don't think he's um was it like habitual television or what's the what's must the, must watch or there's another term for it in the biz but i, I can't remember <laughs> in the or. biz but um yeah guy, guy on i think he looks very technically sound and athletic which is the two most important there's two things you want in a franchise goaltender technically sound and athletic um so i would watch guy on i would also frankie nazar's fun to watch just team usa in general i'm sure we have a lot of uh usa listeners but um uh, for our listeners in France, uh, you always have a few Quebecois in uh, playing for Canada. <laughs> Although so. I feel like the I don't know what the relationship is going from France to Quebec, but I think the other way. I feel like the Quebecois do not like France. Well, the true truth is is that Quebecois don't like anybody. That's true. So. They don't even like they don't even like people from the next town over. Yeah, they like themselves a lot. Though. That's true. Yeah. That's true. They're they're big fans of of the Franks up there. Yeah, but uh, that and that's why we got to beat them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh that gets me. Oh, yeah. I don't like making these noises while talking about eighteen. No, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Are they all eighteen though? Do we? There's a couple under, or I actually don't, what I should have looked up and done some research on. I, I, sadly, these games are usually on during, while I'm working, but, um, it's always fun to look for kids with cages because those are 16 year olds. Yeah. So there's some like having the, like Brad Lambert, I mentioned before, I first watched him when he was 16. I was like, this kid's dominating. Like, I still think he's going to be a great player and also great pick by the Jets. Like the Jets, the way they handled the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade and just their prospect pool with, uh, Rutger McGrory, uh player for the U.S. I actually don't need to. He might not be playing. Yeah, I think he's hurt. Macklin is 17. Well, yeah, but that's because he's, yeah, he's draft eligible. I think he's, yeah, he's wearing a cage. Yeah, because that was the big story. He was he had the cage hang going. And Iserman, I'm sure, too. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, kind of a the the, the storyline for the Bedard World Juniors was so good. It, yeah. Like, was, they were very, it was 
that was scheduled television. You well, know? that's like, that's yeah. It's Macklin Celebrini is going to be a great NHL player, but it's it's not a it's not a generational year. It's a. I feel like he might fall into that category of Jack Hughes because people call Jack Hughes a generational talent. I don't. I think he's great. And he's think, not generational in the way that McDavid is. Yeah. They compared him to P- Patrick Kane, and I'm like, but Patrick Kane changed the game. Like, So, like, Patrick Kane was a great add to a team, but now it's like, I don't know. I don't want to give Hughes any flack because, like, that's a player any team. You know what? I'm going to scratch it. It's a Hishier type year. Yeah. Where it's, like, great play- Like, you're going to find some great players, like a McCarr in that draft, a Pedersen. But it's like... You don't know a hundred percent. If you ra- like, if you had to pick between who could be first next year versus having first this year, like if you got to pick between the draft picks, you're probably taking next year's first overall. Yeah, without even seeing who it's going to be. I pre- think it's Michael Misa, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> one one last thing uh, before we get off. Um, I was shocked you didn't bring up the Leafs. Leafs got two big contributors in the tournament for uh, Team Canada, Easton Cowan and Fraser and Fraser Minton, guys who have played uh, games in Toronto. And just as a, a self-proclaimed uh, Torontonian, uh, more life. I was uh, surprised that uh, you didn't you didn't bring those guys up at all. I mean, those are kind of guys that. I mean, I'm I'm looking at Canada's leading scorers right now, or I'm not now. I'm looking at the goaltenders, but um, not shockingly, Celebrini's the leading scorer. But uh, for Canada, you got Matthew Wood, first round pick for Nashville. You've got Owen Allard, Matthew Patra, Carson Reckup. Like they're they're kind of role players on this team. But the thing is, is with Canada and USA, like the fourth liners are right on par with the first. They just play a different role, controlled by the coaching staff. So. Um, and usually there's the guys that like, it's, it's pretty cyclical, like Maddie Beneers, when he was coming up in his draft year was a third liner for most other programs. That's not Canada or USA. He would have been the first line the center best player. And he didn't, I don't think he played or no, no, he, I think he, I don't remember if he played his age 19 year, which I believe he did when he was at the university of Michigan, he was the first line center and dominate. He looked amazing. Yeah. So. Uh, one last thing. Yeah. It's time for Miles a Minute. That sounds really cool in the headphones. Right? That's yeah. it. Um, Miles a Minute. Uh, kind of a shorter week here for us. Um, the last time we talked to you, uh, Miles Wood had just racked up seven PIMs against the Arizona Coyotes. Only game he's played since, also against the Arizona Arizona Coyotes. The Avs lost 5-4 to four in overtime. Miles Wood, zero goals, zero assists. Zero points, zero on the plus minus, zero penalty minutes. Um, Did he even go to the game? Four shots on goal, 22 go. shifts, 15, 21 time on ice, one hit, one block shot. That's a positive course if I've ever That's had one. That's a great course. Let me walk back that take. I <laughs> yeah, Did you, you go just, to the game? <laughs> you just got absolutely dummied by Corsi. Yeah, got dummied by Miles Wood. You wouldn't stand a chance, Get back on buddy. Cameo, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, if, if you're Miles Wood and you're listening to this, actually, no, don't get on Cameo. Just come on the show. If, you're, if you if you manage to stumble across this. He is, he, he's our white whale. He is. He really is. I think if we get Miles Wood on the show, we can just end it. What's like some of your personal white whales? Oh, that's a good that's a good question. I was trying to think of something fun to end the show on, but that's a great one. Pierre Maguire for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I wish I wish we had Leo here for this. Because uh, I bet he's got some good ones. Well, don't um, 
Don't we have a bit for me coming up soon? Oh, like, yeah. But does Leo have to be there for it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I'm so... That'll be fun. That'll be our first episode of 2024, I think. Stay tuned. So it's a must listen. It, that is a must listen. This, this isn't a must listen. No, Leo. No must listen. Yeah. But you're listening right now, so thank so you. So thank you so much. Um, <laughs> Stick around. White Whales. I would love uh, Stu Grimson. Okay. I think that'd be a great one. Wani. Uh, <laughs> Dave Wanstead. Now, Leo's probably with him at the score right now. We could just call in Leo and <laughs> Wani on the show. Do we give Leo a call right now? No, because he's like doing it. He has to do actual work. Not like you when you work. Yeah, true. Well, <laughs> it's just because he's got football highlights to cut up right now. Um, I'm trying to think of other white chop, whales. Chop, <laughs> chop. Chop, chop, football boy. <laughs> um, any other like really great guys I just think would be a great interview um like I'd love to have guys like I I don't know like I think Flower would be tremendous just because of the person that he is Elliot Friedman says Jonathan Taves has some like he thinks he's gonna be a huge like I don't know about media personality but like storyteller that's someone I, that needs to be heard. Which, as a person that grew up watching him, I was like, even what like do you know? even in his later years, like we talk about how Conor Bedard will probably open up as he gets into his career. But like Jonathan Taves is a guy who never really opened up. International man of mystery, truly. Yeah, truly. Kirill, Kirill. Oh my God, it's been a long night. Kirill Kaprizov would be a fun one. Better learn Russian, buddy. I know. Like, yeah. I, I'd love to have a guy who, like, struggles with English. Uh, It'd give us incentive. I'd go Gino. If you're going Russian, give me Gino. And I know people are like, Ovi's right there, but I'm like, no. The fact that Gino just, like, dissed Sidney Crosby, the prodigal son. And Gino's got a great story about coming over to the U.S. to play. Yeah, I've heard that before. Like, he's, like, that'd be a, that'd be a serious topic of, like, how he kind of had to like the Cuban the birth, ba- like yeah. the Cuban baseball players who have to leave like it's because Ovi he kind of just like he was Russian players really how they come over is really dependent on the political climate of the and like the, of the world and at the same time like Ovi has a great relationship with the Russian oligarchy and like great word thank you I was, that's a, that's a ten pointer I feel like our vocab has been solid this episode <laughs> poignant. <laughs> Oligarchy, but like vagina boob. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I had to throw in a Danism. I didn't want to go too NPR on everyone with the yeah, headphones. Dude, you're now. you are NPR Charlie right now. Um, Is it bad? Be honest with me. <laughs> you, dude, you sound like you sound. I listen to. Is it good radio or no? You sound like um, a guy Roman Mars who does a bunch of stuff for NPR studios. Um, just like a very like well-spoken, sultry, low kind of <laughs> don't like kind of high gain. Turn up the bass on the soundboard, shoot up the slider, and just really talk in your bass voice. I feel like a di- <laughs> I, I feel like a different person. Like I, I'm now feel like I'm constantly changing. <laughs> like I'm going through a, an identity crisis and imposter syndrome while recording this podcast just because my parents got me a fucking Christmas gift. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Dane. Enjoy those DT 900 Pros, 990 Pros. Yeah, it's like we're going to... Dane's taking 250 ohms straight to the dome. We're... we're ooh. I, I liked that. I, I thought of, that a lot, I too. thought of that and I was... Ooh, okay. Had good resonance in the All right, let's get the, let's get the hell out of here. All right, well... 
before we get out of here, are, are you going to turn off your mic and let me talk a little? Or do you want me to do my thing and then you close d- the Do show? your thing. Do your thing. Okay. So at 12.30 this morning, uh, my sister, uh, Veronica Benware, and her husband, Caleb Benware, had their first kid, and which is the first grandchild of my parents. Her name is... I fucking forgot her name, bro. Bro, you know, Ansley Elizabeth. Ainsley. Ainsley. I, I, I'm sorry, I never, I hadn't heard it. I only read it. I so she's been alive for less than a day. So should we, are we gonna should I restart? Dane's just sappy. No, keep going, keep going. Yeah. We I love the raw emotion. But um, Ainsley Elizabeth Benware was born at twelve thirty this morning. Joey, I don't know if I told you this. What was her weight? You want to guess her weight, height, and weight real quick? Six pounds nine ounces. That's what I guessed when my mom said you'll be very proud of her weight. That would have been sweet. Think, 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 Dane. Oh, eight pounds six ounces. Eight pounds six That's ounces. A big fucking baby. <laughs> she's chonk. She's got. She's got what um, Leslie, my mom, likes to call chunkawonka thighs. Or no, she actually has skinny legs and chunkawonka cheeks. I had chunkawonka thighs. <laughs> you still got chunkawonka thighs. You got some yams. I got some tree trunks. Thanks, hockey. <laughs> but. Um, I got to meet her today. So, but this message is for her. So, if you're not her, stop listening. But uh, this message is for you, Ainsley. Um, your uncle Dane will always love you very much. And if you ever need anything, and I mean anything, like gambling tips or someone to buy your prom dress, get your nails done, Some- take you shopping, somebody to buy you booze. Hey, Amen. You're right. You're right. I'll, I'll, I'll cut it back. She will wait until she is 21. 18. <laughs> 16. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I, I didn't drink until I was 18. I, I, I didn't either. True. True that. True, true that. Word um, up. <laughs> but I love you very much. Your parents love you very much. That is the one guaranteed thing I can tell you in life. And I hope someday you can look back on these podcasts and listen to me when I was young, because I feel like the first time that you'll achieve consciousness uh, will be around six or seven when you chew gum for the first time. That's when I achieved consciousness. But you are your own person. You are adorable. You have chunky cheeks. You burped and it was very loud. And you put your hand on my heart and I haven't felt the same since. So I love you very much. Joey, close out the show. Dane had his his Barney Stinson uh, moment in the finale, How I Met Your Mother. Guy, she, guy saw a baby and his whole life changed. She is the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. Like she, I was, um, I, there was no words. Literally, I'm speechless just thinking about how she felt she was like a potato. Well, <laughs> congratulations to the new family. Congratulations to Uncle Dane. Um, maybe she'll be a guest on the pod someday. Tell, tell her to get her ball knowledge up, though. She uh, she could be a hockey player, but it's up to her whatever she wants to do, whatever her parents are comfortable with. Um, hopefully she doesn't get like a recessive concussion. Gene. God, I hope not. No, but um, um, I mean, her father is a, a theater guy, so maybe when we branch out and make our theater podcast... Oh, she could yeah. be a guest on that too. So Emma and I were going through reading uh, the Tony Award winners in like the mid 2000s today. We uh, fucking loser. <laughs> All right, we're getting out of here. Congra- congrats to the new family. Congrats, Ronnie. Congrats, Caleb. Congrats, Grandma and Grandpa. Uh, Ainsley, if you are listening to this in the future, I love you very much. And if you are not Ainsley, 
and you're listening to this. I still love you very we much. We love you very much. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back in 2024 with some great segments, some visual elements. So make sure you're following the socials. Oh, that's me. At Moves at the Blue Line on Instagram and at Moves at the BL on Twitter. It's going to be good. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much. Um, as we get into the new year, I feel like we can be a little sappy towards the audience. It's not huge. We know that. Um, but if you have been listening, it really does mean the world to us. Um, this is the best part of my week. It's the best part of Dane's week. I it, talked about it in therapy. It, it literally is. It's probably the best part of Leo's week, too. I'll, I'll, I'll merch it for him. He'll never admit it. He'll, he'll never admit it, but he loves doing it, too. Um, so thank you so much. Um, please share it with anybody you think would be interested in listening to just a couple of guys talking about hockey um, in their time off. Uh, have a great new year. Hope you had a wonderful holiday season. We'll talk to you in 24. USA, USA. And we'll talk to you after USA win gold. Yes, sir. See ya. Okay, Shut up!